Welcome to Debunked! Hey guys, I'm Valerie. And I'm Libby. And we are sophomores here at UNC Chapel Hill. And we are starting a podcast! I'm so excited! Yay! So excited! <laughs> um, so, disclaimer. This is a mental health podcast, and there might be months where we talk about some pretty sensitive subjects. I know that as we near World Mental Health Day and the anniversary of a couple students' suicides here on our campus, we are going to be talking about some information that might be triggering to some listeners. Um, So just a disclaimer, we will always tell you what we're about to talk about we'll have it in our description on our podcast so that if you're sensitive to certain information obviously we would not be offended if you don't listen to it because at the end of the day it's important that you put your mental health first so we care about you even if we don't know you we care about you um Libby do you want to go ahead and kind of talk about why why debunked Why do we spell it the way we do? What are we doing here? Oh, of course. So we're spelling debunked with a regular version except for we're doing D-E-B-U-N-C for University of North Carolina. Um, As Val said, we're both sophomores here at Carolina, and we decided to start this podcast because um, it's two people who have struggled with mental health, but also people who are really passionate about advocating for it and advocating for more resources. We thought a podcast would be a really good way to put ourselves out there and kind of create a community of college students who do go to UNC and other people that share our passion for mental health awareness. Yeah, and like Libby said, with the whole kind of wordplay with the UNC and debunked instead of the normal spelling, it's really about debunking myths about college students' mental health at the end of the day. We're going to be talking about Things that not only relate to our personal lives, but things that we've seen, especially given that now we're in our second year of college, what we saw during our first year, things we wish we would have known, how our mental health was impacted um, during our first year. And as we go kind of through this podcast and have more episodes, you'll learn more about both of us, our personal struggles, why we do what we do. Um, And you'll get a little look into that today as we talk about who we are. Um, Obviously, to you all, we're just voices through your phones (laughs) or whatever you're listening to. Um, But we are are students first. We are people first. Um, We're human. We make mistakes. We learn. And I think I'm, I'm just really stoked about this podcast because... I love to talk, if you don't already know that already. And if you don't know me, you will learn that I just love speaking. Um, And I know that although I'm a little more extroverted than Libby is, we have a good balance and a good dynamic. And um, we absolutely are equal parts involved in this and care. And something I admire so much about Libby is her passion for mental health and when I met her last fall, I actually met her um, at a mixer event for Active, for Active Minds, Minds and yeah. Mental Health Ambassadors. Yeah. yeah. So what was so cool about that is um, we were doing this little event that I was planning through Active Minds, and we were making like these positive messages on these bricks to put around Carolina's campus. And Libby and I were just chatting about our backgrounds, and she mentioned something about always dreaming of starting a podcast. Yeah. yeah. And 
Can you kind of speak on, like, how that conversation went for us? Of course. Yeah. So, I, um, I really struggled my first semester here at Carolina, but I kind of knew after I got through that period, I was like, I really want to be able to have a podcast and talk about it and just make, make others feel less alone because I was feeling so lonely at that point. But anyway, back to the conversation with Val, we were just talking and I was like, yeah, like, I just went something through something really, really traumatic and difficult, but I want something good to come out of it, and I think a podcast would be a great way to do that. And Val was like, oh my gosh, I also have always <laughs> wanted to have a podcast. And, like, we've met, like, probably ten minutes ago at this point. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like, literally just met. <laughs> Val goes, she's like, so, like, should we start a podcast? I was like, yes. And I was just so excited. And just to speak to Val's character, she is just such an inspiring bubbly just amazing human being she is absolutely inspires me every day with all the advocacy work that she does around mental health um lobbying for mental health laws all that kind of stuff is just very inspiring and so I'm so excited to just work on this with you and have this podcast with you me too and I think for anyone out there who wants to start a podcast it's so easy. I mean, it is. We, we've hit some bumps. We in the have. Road. We have. <laughs> we've had our fair share, but they've been little. And honestly, like, if if you're considering it, do it. We kind of were just like, we both have this crazy idea, and like Libby said, we knew each other for ten minutes, but I think we both knew that our character and our values really aligned, and sure. that's what brought us here. So if you're considering it. Um, I'm a big advocate for speaking out if you have the means to do so on whatever issues you're passionate about. But anyway, that's kind of an intro to the podcast. I think now we're going to kind of get into our own personal introductions so that if you don't know us in your personal lives, you could get to know who we are um, a little closer and become more comfortable so that in the future when we have some difficult conversations, you know you're actually talking to a human being, like right. I said earlier. Right. We're not just voices. We no, promise. not at all. We promise. Yeah, <laughs> we're, um, this is how real we are. We're sitting in my dorm room at my desk recording this um, on our equipment, and it's, you know, we don't know how it's going to go, no. but, you know, six I'm minutes sure. in, it's yeah. going pretty well to me. I think it's going great. Oh, also, before we introduce <laughs> ourselves more... Um, one note on debunked, something we really care about here is authenticity. Um, too often on social media and on any, I guess, streaming podcasts, any media you're consuming, too often are things edited. Yes. Um, one goal that we really have is to go straight through on these episodes and sit down and we're like, you know what, we're going to record today and it's just going to go how it goes. And that's because especially talking about mental health, I think that concept of authenticity and being the most real versions of ourselves is so important, especially in college. And um, for both of us, as you'll soon learn, we're both out of state students. We came here knowing no one. Um, And kind of what that caused us to do is really just start from I guess start from the ground up and just figure out who do we want to portray but also are we being true to ourselves so that that concept of authenticity has been something really important between Libby and I and that's why 
We're not editing these much, um, if at all. To be honest, I think we're going to finish recording this episode and go ahead and post it because in our eyes, it is just so much more important to have real conversations. And what we're here to destigmatize mental health. What better way to do it than just have unfiltered conversations? Um, So without further ado, I'm going to let Libby introduce herself first. Tell us a little bit about her background, what she's been through, um, and I guess just why why she's sitting here today. Yeah, so go ahead, Libby. Perfect, perfect. Um, so I, my name is Libby. I am a sophomore here at Carolina. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I am originally from Denver, Colorado. I love Colorado. I grew up there my whole life um, until my parents moved right before college. But anyway, so I never wanted to stay in Colorado and my junior year I decided I wanted to go to Carolina and I got in somehow (laughs) um, and decided to come here and was all excited but I had really suffered like mentally um, through the whole COVID pandemic and it was still ongoing at this point and I just had felt really alone and as someone who had never really struggled with their mental health before like like to my knowledge um it was just a shock to my system and I really did not know how to handle it so started getting into therapy saw a sports psychologist um for my senior year which was great and really helped um but making the adjustment to college was really really rough for me and I think I was prepared like physically and academically prepared but I think my emotional well-being um was just at an all-time low. I was really, really struggling, and I knew that before coming in, but I was hoping that college was going to be this great place where I could start over, be who I want to be, all this stuff, which it is. It definitely is, but um, I quickly found that I was, like, more depressed than I've ever been in my life. I would wake up and just have suicidal ideations go throughout my entire day. Um, I just really was really struggling obviously and I just really didn't know what to do and I utilized all of UNC's resources that they advocate for um, the CAPS which is counseling and psychological services I saw a psychiatrist I got a new therapist Um, I basically exhausted all my resources and I still um, was just experiencing this intense depression and all this really not fun stuff Um, and so it took a huge toll until finally um, I was hospitalized for my mental health and that really just brought it all to a head and was like okay something needs to change Um, and so after in the weeks following that I moved dorms I kind of just had to start over again I guess I would say and I think that it was really unfortunate how that whole all played out which we'll talk into more um, in the coming episodes and so I think that's a big reason why I'm here is just because what happened to me wasn't it wasn't handled the way it should be and it really just exemplified to me the lack of resources and lack of just training um, like just that people have when dealing with people that are struggling um, making them not feel like a burden or if someone's in crisis not telling them that oh this is your fault that you were doing something when really they're just trying to survive so Anyway, kind of leading into that, I joined Mental Health Ambassadors at UNC right after that. Um, I became a lot more involved in that. It's when I met Val, and um, since then I've really just been 
passionate about mental health. It's what I want to do when I'm older. I love it. I led a walk for suicide prevention in the spring. Um, we're starting this podcast. Um, I'm on the board for MHA now, and this is something that I would really like to grow this year, like our podcast, MHA, and the walk, um, just to allow... I mean, I guess the ultimate goal is to make students feel less alone and not make them feel like a burden and give them a sense of community here. So That's awesome. That was long. But no. yeah, that was... <laughs> it is such good stuff. I think at the end of the day, um, as our listeners will soon find out, we've had very different experiences with our mental health, but yet we both have so many commonalities between right. us. And I right. think that's just a testament to how mental health shows no age or no care for age background. I mean, on paper, you and I are similar. Right, right. Yet our experiences with our mental health challenges have been so vastly different. different. And so, you know, you take, you know, two 19-year-old out-of-state students and try to compare them. You can on paper, like I said, but at the end of the day... You really don't it's know different. what they're going through. Right. Yeah, it, it can yeah. be so different. Um, and that also, like, speaks to us. Like, I feel like that also why we pair well together is yeah. because our experiences are different, but we both have the same passion about mental health. Exactly. And, like, pursuing, pursuing mental health in the future. Now, before I go into myself, I'm going to ask you a couple questions that I feel okay. like our listeners might have based Perfect. on your intro. Okay. So, you said you saw a sports psychologist. Yes. Yes. So, were you participating in athletics? How did you decide to see a sports psychologist? Was that before another therapist? What was your journey with that specifically? Because I know, um, as a former athlete myself, there's a whole nother realm of challenges. (laughs) There is, um, there is. And things that, factors that impact your mental health when you are an athlete, even just at the high school level. Right. Um, right. So if you could speak on that a little bit more, please. I'd love to. So I grew up playing sports. I love sports. I played basketball, tennis, golf, basically all you could play. But in high school, I um, was a runner. I still am. I ran cross country and track and I also played basketball but running was really my love my best friends people that I still consider my family are were on my cross country team people I really look up to and um after COVID my senior year I um got injured I like partially tore a muscle in my quad and um that on top of just all the differences and changes that I had going through like that we had gone through the past six months really took a toll on my mental health and I started experiencing super intense anxiety panic attacks during races and I like wouldn't finish races because I just everything would just go dark (laughs) and and so eventually my parents and I kind of sat down and talked and I was kind of like I really really need to see somebody and they agreed and they're the ones that actually brought it up first they're like hey, like, I think seeing a sports psychologist would be good for you just because you are an athlete and they're going to be someone who is trained in therapy and, you know, all that stuff, but also has more training that's sports-focused, which I really enjoyed having. And I, yeah, it was great for me um, to go and see her. But, yeah, I definitely think it was hard to admit that I needed to go to therapy for a while. Um and that's okay and it's understandable because again mental health and therapy is so stigmatized Mm -hmm. but I really have 
like enjoyed and grown being in therapy and I've you know gained all these new coping mechanisms um, and all this really good knowledge that I still use today um that's great I really love that Thanks. Um, one other point well two things okay. two more questions for you and then I'm done interrogating okay. you for now <laughs> um, first question can you touch on um, kind of with a bit piggybacking off of that yeah. you've moved across the country twice at this point yes Talk about where you're living now, technically, about your several moves that happened in a very yeah. short time span, and <laughs> how that impacted you. I guess we could kind of, and I'll get into this too with yeah, myself, but, right. you know, being an out-of-state student at Carolina, for those of you who don't know, is very much, you're part of the minority, you really. Are, you are. There's 82% of the student population yes. at UNC has to be from North Carolina, yes. so... Um, yeah. So that, that can be a little daunting <laughs> for can, a couple different reasons, but yeah. um, speak to how that has applied to your life, but not only that big move from Colorado to here, but mm. what else you did in between, because yeah. it's all a little bit crazy. It is a little bit crazy. Um, I like to tell people I am from Colorado. I have a South Carolina license plate and an Ohio um, driver's license. <laughs> I, it makes no sense. But um, so my parents decided to move to Dublin, Ohio, which is outside of Ohio, um, the summer, like three weeks before I moved into UNC for my dad's job, and if you know anything about Ohio, um, if you're from Ohio, I apologize, I am not a fan of Ohio, <laughs> I am not a fan, I, you know, people that I have met from Ohio are the nicest people, I do not like Ohio. It's that Midwestern it's charm, It's that Midwestern really. charm, I know, my parents are from the Midwest, and so, yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh, love the midwest I, know. I am not as big of a fan <laughs> but um so we lived there and that was really hard because three weeks before I moved into school I had to leave like all my friends and I, I lived in Colorado for 18 years so literally just packing up and moving all my stuff to this state I've never been to where I don't know anybody and I miss all my friends and I'm about to go through another big change moving to college mm -hmm. that was really 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 hard and I was definitely like the ideations and just the depression and anxiety really started to pick up after we moved just because my system was just shocked <laughs> with all the stuff going on um so we did not live there for very long my dad ended up leaving that job in october and we moved in march to bluffton south carolina which is right next to Hilton Head. If you know where that is, it's a beautiful area. It's mm -hmm. by the beach. Um, my dad got a new job there and definitely is a lot better than Ohio. Sorry <laughs> to all the Ohio people. I like the beach. It's been great. Um, but again, that was also a big change. Sure. I mean, again, I'd never been to South Carolina. So I, we went on spring break and I drove down to South Carolina to this house I've ever been to. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, and yeah, that was, that was a little less hard just because, um, where we live now is about five hours from here. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have friends close by and all that stuff. But yeah, again, major shock to my system. And I think just those big life changes really kind of add up, I think. And it's a lot, and I think everyone, like you're allowed to be sad and to be anxious about it for a long time. Like there's no, sure. there's not really like a exact timeline for everybody. Like, I know I still really miss Colorado. I was out there all summer um, seeing, like, my best friends. And so, yeah, I think those are big changes. And I'm 
don't regret them because I have been able to see parts of the country that maybe even I don't want to see, but I have seen at this point. At Ohio. At Ohio. (laughs) Um, But I think, yeah, I think you can just chalk it up to one big adventure and that's kind of how I'm treating it, so... Yeah. I personally love Ohio. <laughs> um, my dad's from Cleveland, so oh I, think, I think it's really the people make the place. So all my family is up in Ohio oh and Pennsylvania. Um, I have friends so from funny. Ohio, good family friends as well. But yeah. again, testament to different experiences. Exactly, exactly. It, no one person is going to <laughs> like the same That's things. That's so funny. <laughs> okay. Anyway. My last question for you. Okay. Um, can you just touch on what you're studying here at Carolina yeah. and how you feel that that makes you well fit to kind of lead these discussions that we're going to be having and um, in a way be an inspiration to those listening who maybe are not ready to speak about their mental health or their mm-hmm. friend's mental health or other loved one's mental health as freely as we're able to, right. even just in our personal lives right. as friends, but right. like with other friends of ours who are not the same majors we are, yes, et cetera. Yes, yeah. I am double majoring in psychology and sociology, and I'm thinking about adding a minor um, that is social and economic justice. However, that is to be determined. And I um, have wanted to study psychology. Actually, I've known that for a while. I applied as a biology major and switched my major because I kind of realized, I was like, actually, like I really like psychology. I really like studying the brain. Um, and I added on sociology after taking a couple really amazing courses my first semester here at Carolina. Um, and I really liked more of the social aspect of psychology, how like your brain impacts society and how society impacts your brain and behavior. And so, yeah, basically just based off that, I really love kind of studying, you know, how people behave and like how kind of like mental disorders impact your behavior and impact you know, your quality of life, and I think that kind of gives me a little bit of a basis to be able to speak to that and personal experience, speak about mental health and, you know, kind of what we're doing here, so, awesome. yeah. Alrighty, I guess it's my turn. Yeah, I'll you. Um, okay, hey guys, um, my name is Valerie Musica, I am a 19-year-old sophomore here at Carolina, I'm from Tampa, Florida, which... All of my friends here at UNC would say that one of my pillars is being from Florida because I talk about it so much. Um, Kind of how Libby said, you know, she'd grown up in Denver, lived there 18 years, loved it, but also knew she was ready to leave. I was very much in the same boat. Um, I still don't know really how I ended up at Carolina. It's it's a long story that I'm not going to get into today. <laughs> That'll be for another episode. Another um, but I'm so glad I did. Anyway, I was ready to leave home too because at that point, Tampa didn't serve me anymore. Now that I'm out of living in Tampa 24-7, 365, I appreciate it so much more and absolutely am in love with it. I mean, you could... Look around the well. Tampa. You can't see. There's every there's a poster of Tampa Bay. There's my lightning flag. Go bolts. Um, <laughs> there's my like palm tree wallpaper. I am just like the poster child for Florida, but Strong. not like Florida man. Florida like beachy city cool living. Florida. Cool, cool, cool Florida. Florida. Thank cool you. Cool Florida. Cool yeah. Florida. <laughs> um, 
to go on a tangent when I came here to UNC. Because where the minority is out-of-state students, I would just say, oh, I'm Valerie, I'm from Florida. And I'd get these really weird looks. <laughs> and yeah. I learned that I cannot lead with, I'm from Florida. I have to emphasize that I'm from Tampa, Florida. <laughs> because other parts of Florida get um, not, the, not the best reputation. Not the best Not vibe. the best reputation. Yeah. But um, anyway... Here at UNC, I'm studying neuroscience um, as well as exercise and sports science, which I recently added this past January. I have known I've wanted to major in neuroscience since I was 10 years old, which sounds absurd, um, but thank you, Phineas Gage book. Um, I'm also getting a minor in chemistry because not by choice, to be honest, um, just because it's part of UNC's curriculum for neuroscience. Um, and if anyone here wants to know more about my experience with either of those majors at Carolina or just in general or just from a college student's perspective, you can feel free to reach out to me. And I'm sure Libby would say the for same. Sure, we'll link our instagram put all that in our little description so you guys our dms are always open Um, our email is always open we'll have an instagram specifically for this podcast by the time it launches that's also a great avenue um but yeah so a little bit more about my background being a neuroscience major similar to libby i'm fascinated by the brain and that's pretty much all there is to say because (laughs) i am just so interested in how our brain works, why we think the way we do, why we behave the way we do. How can this little pink ball of whatever in our head control everything that we do and how we interact? There's just, we will never know everything there is to know about the brain. And I think that's the beauty of it because one, job security, but two, I don't foresee myself falling out of love with it. Um, and it's something that we're going to um, talk about in a couple episodes is the importance of passion, finding your passions, having confidence in your passions, and that's going to be honestly probably one of my favorite I'm episodes. I'm very excited for that one. Um, I use the word passion all the time, especially to describe myself, and at the end of the day, everything I do relates to my passions. Um, some of my biggest values as a person are family basically any relationships in general. I really value my relationships with others. I'm very big on loyalty, trustworthiness, empathy, compassion. I am such an emotional person. I feel... Oh, there's an email. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, I feel everything very, very deeply And I think that's one of my biggest strengths, but also one of my biggest weaknesses because people can take advantage of emotional people very, very easily, um, especially in relationships, whether they be romantic or platonic. Um, But to attest to it being one of my biggest strengths, I care so much. I mean, I care about every single person who's listening to this, and I don't even know who's listening to this, but I just, I know that if for whatever reason you were drawn to this, you were brought here for a reason, and I hope that through our conversations and hopefully through your own personal journey, and maybe you share that journey with us beyond just this episode, I really hope that you all um, 
if you get anything out of this, just care about each other and care for yourselves because I know that we are pretty much appealing specifically to college students, but really I think this podcast will serve a much broader population than only college students. Um, It's just more honed in on that experience. And I think that college in general is a time that so many of us can become overwhelmed um, and also just in general lose ourselves, especially in our first year. I think navigating who you want to be in this new chapter of your life as an adult now um you're you know you're majoring in something that you're going to hopefully do as a career and considering you know what do I have to do to get to those next steps a lot of people kind of think college applications are the hump in the in the road but yeah I promise you it's a roller coaster (laughs) those those bumps keep coming and it's it's really how you deal with those ups and the and the downs that define your character um so those are some of my biggest values what motivates me is I have lived with mental health issues for the majority of my life really at this point I think I recognized it at the age of 11 or 12 which is very young considering and and looking back I mean obviously I'm 19 looking back means what like seven years ago but looking back on my experience and thinking about what I was dealing with as an 11 or 12 year old it saddens me because I didn't start going to therapy until I was 16 I started advocating for mental health when I was 14. So even then, it took several years. And this is something I care about. I care so much about mental health advocacy work and education. But even as someone who could preach all of this, it took some time to practice it my own. And I think that's something really important for me to talk about because I had so many friends and family who, at that point when I was really struggling my sophomore year of high school... I needed help. I needed to see a therapist and I couldn't bring myself to do it for the longest time. And it took my mom telling me one day, hey Val, you're not practicing what you preach. Uh, it such a simple phrase, but it, it really, it really hit home for me because it was a wake up call to be honest, because I was sitting there thinking about all the work I was doing at that point with mental health advocacy, which I'm about to discuss in a moment. And yet I'm not even taking care of my own mental health. And I am a big believer in that we can only serve others as best we serve ourselves first. And that in order to be good friends, good sisters, brothers, daughters, sons, whatever role we play in someone's lives, in order to be a good insert title Mm -hmm. you have to be good to yourself first you can't foster good relationships with others if your relationship with self is poor and at the end of the day it took some introspection on that and I decided to go to therapy and it has changed my life in a lot of ways um we're going to have a or an episode rather on our podcast specifically about therapy But I go to therapy for my anxiety. That has been my primary mental health challenge 
throughout my life, starting very young with academic pressures, which honestly pretty much every kid on this campus deals with. Oh, yeah. But at any high caliber university, even in high school, thinking about trying to get to a high caliber university, these academic pressures are very prevalent, very real, and they they change as you're in different parts of your life. So what started out as just academic pressures, which I shouldn't say just because that's it's a lot. undermining yeah. how much weight it actually puts right. on you. Um, it started out there, but it has definitely kind of manifested and morphed into much more than that to a point where during my freshman year at the beginning of second semester, it felt like everything that could go wrong was going wrong. For example, my friends and I all got COVID and not many of our classes were synchronous, so we couldn't meet online. They were pretty much all in person, so we were falling behind rapidly. I soon discovered that my second semester schedule was significantly harder than my first semester schedule, which the habits I was partaking in during first semester, I realized very quickly that they could not continue into second semester or at least at the minimum needed a drastic change. Um, I also had much confusion about my career path, especially being someone who has been kind of married to the idea of neuroscience since I was 10. I started considering other things I didn't feel good enough for my major. I didn't feel good enough compared to other students. I got into this toxic cycle of comparison where I was looking at, oh, they already know what they're doing this summer and this person has this awesome internship. And while I was so proud of those people, it was very easy to slip into, I guess, my own not necessarily self-deprecation, well, in a way, but my view of self and my worth really is what took kind of the the beating out of it, Mm -hmm. took the brunt of it. Mm -hmm. And um, I spiraled and my anxiety was at an all-time high. I wasn't sleeping very much because I was so anxious about everything under the sun. And at that point, all the little things were getting to me in a very big way. And I definitely slipped into a period of depression, which I hadn't seriously dealt with ever in my life. I had had, you know, we all have days that we say we're depressed or we're having a bad day, whatever, but this was genuine, I can't get out of bed depression. Mm -hmm. And I know, Libby, you've dealt with that uh, much more frequently than I have. And we not really joke, but we always say that my kind of realm is anxiety and Libby's is in depression, um, which will serve us well on this podcast because we have different experiences. However, with that being said, that was a huge struggle I had during freshman year of college when I had a semester of no anxiety, thought I had everything figured out, had a very supportive friend group, was involved in school, yet still my self-worth became very low. And that's also why we're targeting first-year students, especially, because there are many unforeseen changes in self and in relationships that I think need to be addressed from an outside perspective and from someone who's been there, done that. Right. 
That reminded me of Pitbull. <laughs> I'm out here quoting Pitbull. Oh my goodness. This is for, again, for any of you who don't know me, Pitbull. Pitbull and I go way back. Not really. I just, I'm a big fan. But any, anyway, believe me, been there, done that. Um, okay, so don't know why I got on that tangent, but back to my work. Passionate about mental health, studying it in school started advocating when I was 14 and at that point I really was drawn to it because I was fascinated about the brain already but one of my best friends was cutting herself for six months at that point and nobody knew about it I was arguably one of the closest people to her in her personal life and I did not pick up on any signs. And this is someone who is a mental health advocate, who is immersed in this work, who knows, quote unquote, what signs to look for. And in a way, I felt like I failed her. But I also felt like a lot of other things failed her. And she failed herself. Fortunately, catching it when we did working on it, creating a plan of action, informing those in her life who could make a difference. She stopped and she is in a much better state mentally now. But this ultimately inspired me to begin a nonprofit called Not I But We. And it's about changing the language in how we discuss mental health. Changing the I in mental illness to we in mental wellness. The idea of changing the language for me was recognizing that a huge problem with the stigmas that relate to mental health, especially in the middle school and high school age category, is that the way mental illness is perceived in the news does not match up with the reality of it. And people can undermine anxieties like academic pressure. And claim, no, I don't have any mental health problems. But in reality, yes, there's good good stress and bad stress, but there is a very, very fine line between the two. Yes. <laughs> um, and I think some people struggle with saying, I have mental illness because it has a negative connotation. My idea with talking about mental health and mental wellness, we all need to have good mental wellness. We all have mental wellness. It's something we have to take care of. There's levels of mental wellness. And by talking about it in a wellness, in a more positive light, we can begin to break down those walls around the stigma and open up and facilitate more easily these conversations about mental health. So debunked is a branch off of not I but we, And I will talk about Not I But We several times on this podcast, so now you know what it stands for. But our work that we do, it started in Hillsborough County in Tampa, Florida. I've done a lot of work with the school board there, the student services team specifically, to integrate this organization because at the end of the day, at its roots, it's a peer-to-peer education organization that works on developing events based off of diverse and unique perspectives, using students to talk to students, 
to really get through and erase that generational gap that relates to, you know, some other organization. I always, I always go back to, you know, when we're in, we're in school, there's like those drug presentations that come in, like don't do drugs and all that. And it's always these middle-aged people who are very knowledgeable, don't get me wrong, but I always recognize that generational gap and, at the end of the day, the only people who we have a chance of getting through to those kids who are struggling are their peers. And that's the only way to break down those stigmas because especially in a society that values popularity and likes on Instagram and a following and all of this, it, it creates this very toxic culture for young students. And we've, I mean, we're both very secure in ourselves, but I can even attest to or rather speak to the problems I've had with that. We Same. all have. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> being liked. <laughs> right. The whole concept. There's so much growth that happens. And in these young adult and teenage years, you really are put through the ringer. You have the best of times and very much so the, the worst. worst of times. Yeah. And by having peers open up that floor and giving others an opportunity to discuss it, but also peers working together to figure out how can we serve each other and serve our community and use Mm -hmm. our talents to our best ability. I've seen that it has been successful. Now we are on our fourth year of this um, organization. It's in the process of being um, turned into a 501c3 nonprofit, which I'm very excited for (laughs) finally. But I have seen so much success. Even in my first year being away from Hillsborough County, we have more than doubled our membership and have representation at almost every public school in Tampa, which blows my mind. It's awesome. And thank you. <laughs> it, it's still like thinking about it. It's it's a wild, it's a wild concept to think about. But it goes to show that if your heart's in the right place and your passions are in the right place. You, you're really unstoppable. And right. I think one thing is we started, again, we started this podcast because clearly we're both very involved and passionate about what we do. But, you know, I think a lot of people are afraid to take that leap and jump into something uncomfortable that, right. you know, we've both never run a podcast. <laughs> here right. we are. Yes. But um, at the end of the day, we're here to just serve as an imp- inspiration. And um, yeah, so I've kept up with Not I But We. And then another area that my mental health advocacy work is kind of in play is with Active Minds, which is a national nonprofit. There are chapters at most universities in our nation. And what it works on is essentially the same thing Not I But We does, but at the college level. So when I was applying to colleges and looking at potential organizations I'd want to join, and I found out about Active Minds, I was stoked because... Yes, I felt like I had a very original idea, which I still did by doing it with high schoolers. But then I found a way to not only continue my work at home, but bring it to college. And now I'm working with Active Minds Leadership, of which I am a member of the executive board team, to integrate Not I But We into the Chapel Hill and Carborough schools here in Orange County, which I'm thrilled to be able to do. And... Being able to continue this work as co-chair of Outreach and Community now for my second year, I'm just really excited to see where it goes and continue to combine the efforts of 
mental health ambassadors, which Libby's involved in, and Active Minds, which I'm involved in, and see where all that goes. So, again, now you know, I speak a lot, <laughs> I talk a lot, I enjoy it, but that's a little bit of who I am. Um, if you have any questions you want to bring up, go I ahead. I think, um, you just, uh, yeah, I just like to hear all of your endeavors and all that stuff, but, um, I think... Has there ever been a point, um, in Not I But We, or just, like, in your own mental health, where you've had that point of, like, oh my goodness, like, I've made it. Like, I've hit, like, the, not, like, a peak, but just, like, you can see finally how much your work has been paying off. Absolutely. I have an exact moment. Perfect. Oh, I love that. Um, so, last fall, I was invited to join a group of students from UNC Young Democrats, and go up to Washington, D.C. over fall break to lobby Congress about a plethora of issues, some of which included a couple environmental justice bills, one of which included a mental health bill. This was after, this was a couple weeks after a few students died by suicide, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, which weighed heavy on our hearts and the hearts of honestly everyone in our community because if you don't know much about Carolina we I feel like this is one of the schools that is very family and community oriented even just seeing on game days how many large families come here who they they might not even have a student here right now but they're bringing their two-year-olds their eight-year-olds you know their whole family comes it's it's definitely a family-oriented school with those associated values and definitely community values as well. So any loss weighs heavy on our school. Oh, for sure. So at this point, there was a bill, I forget the exact number and name of it, but in in short, the bill was to increase access to resources for college students' mental health. What this means in simplified language was we were trying to find a way to get resources handed out to every single student. And it was identified that the only way to do that was through ID cards. So here at UNC, we have the one card. Every single student on this campus needs a one card. Every single student is distributed a one card. So we... um, We were basically lobbying Congress. I was so fortunate to speak directly with David Price, who later agreed to co-sign the bill. And a couple of my breakthrough moments were, one, he didn't even know this bill existed, which opened my eyes to how little even our congressmen know, even with something that has touched our county so closely. Mm -hmm. He had no idea this existed, and it had only been weeks later. So um, that was a great experience, being able to educate our legislation, our legislative members and open their eyes to some, some things that are impacting us specifically and their constituents, which they're always very interested right. in. And that was a big breakthrough moment. But then later, coming back to campus I came back in June to help host the honors orientation for honors Carolina and while I was here I had to 
get a new one card because I lost mine during move out, which I later did find while I was moving back in. <laughs> so anyway, when I got this new one card, I flipped it over for some reason and I was like, something looks different here. So I texted my friend group's group chat and I said, hey, could someone send the back of their one card? And it was at that moment that I realized that my new one card had um, national, state level, and local resources with phone numbers students could call. 988 had not been rolled out yet, but it had numbers for all three levels that students could reach out to. And the only way that a student who's struggling is going to get the resources they need is if it's placed right in front of them, to be honest. At this point, from my experience, what I've seen is those students are not going out of their way to find resources. So when I saw that, that physical evidence of a change I had made and work I had done and that I helped make that change, it it just, it it was mind-blowing, to be honest. So that that was my breakthrough moment. It's amazing. I loved it. I loved it. It's awesome. I mean, I think we've kind of gone over, like, what we wanted to talk to you guys about today, introduce ourselves, tell you guys about our background. Um, So a little bit about future episodes. We're picking a big topic um, kind of to talk about each month. Our episodes will come out on the first of each month. So I think, for example, next month it'll be all about mental health month. and we'll be kind of be talking about my story and focusing on depression and mental health resources in the community surrounding Mental Health Month. And in the future, we'll got more topics for you like passion, wellness, um, relationships, change, and a lot more um, topics that we hope will be helpful to you. And... Yeah, I just want to say thank you for listening to our first ever episode. I'm so excited (laughs) for feedback, and I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we have. In the future, we also hope to have guests on, which I think will be a fun endeavor. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and we're excited to take this journey with you and have you as part of ours. All right? All right. That's it. Bye. Bye.